You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello, everyone. This is Jarvis Sheffield of Black Science Fiction Society. Today on Genesis Science Fiction Radio, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have audio from the Urban Access IndyCon that occurred July 23rd and 24th of 2016. The first hour, we're going to have individual interviews from vendors on location as well as the second hour we're going to have a black science fiction society panel discussion stay tuned and we'll be right back IndyCon 2. I'm here with Black Science Fiction Society founder Jarvis Sheffield and we're setting up the table. Got a lot of nice posters, a couple of books, got a TV set up in the back. My man Quasi doing the audio visuals over there. This is the founder himself, Jarvis Sheffield, making it happen. Yes sir, yes sir. So be on the lookout and if you come down here, got something for you. Alright, so we got the table set up a little bit more now. A couple more things out. We got the author Chastity Goodman. Hello, Chastity. And um, so we got more things on the table, more things to view. Got Jarvis Sheffield here. Got a little digital display going on. On the side, we got Quasi. What's up, man? Alright, so if y'all see us, come holler at us. She making it look like she making it look like it's hot, but it really isn't that hot up in here. You ain't got to worry. You, you don't have to. You don't have to fan yourself that. See. I'm Chastity. Chastity Goodman. This is my book. Could I really be president? It's for the babies, for the families, really. So you guys can have um, that family experience of talking about what's impossible to you and kind of sharing some things that you've gotten through um, that seemed impossible. This is the story of Isaiah, which is here, and of course. He's got on his little I voted t-shirt, so of course he's walking through the historic election that was not too long ago, but this is just documenting it. Um, and I thought it was important, it was, uh, inspired by my grandmother, who just missed the election. I mean, she oh, just missed yeah. it. So, um, and that would have been real special for her to see, right? Heck yeah, yeah. heck yeah. Me and my family used to do talk about everything. So some of the experiences here, what would have happened if I had been a child, and my grandmother was there with my family, would have had those kinds of conversations, and it would have looked kind of similar to the book. So that's really kind of what spearheaded it. But then I'm a teacher too, so. Oh. What grade you teach? Yeah, ninth. Teach ninth grade. I've okay. taught everything though. Mm -hmm. from right now you kind of settled in on ninth grade. Settled in on ninth grade. Okay. All right. I've taught everything, and I teach ninth grade, and I teach college. Ah. So I kind of see, I can foretell what these mm -hmm. kids need at this level before they get to my level. Right. So that's a workbook that's coming. Um, it's a little sample from it. Some of the stuff.
up, you know, I'm a teacher, so I got to put them to work a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they get to do a little storytelling, a little drawing, and different things like that. So that's coming pretty soon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can go to any of your retailers. You can go to seegoodwork.com. That's my blog. So some okay. of the things there are more for the parents. But right. again, it can spark that conversation for you and your kids. So. Okay. So, so when did the book come out? book came out first of the year, actually. It's okay. my first book. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Started dreaming about it a couple of years ago. But. Okay. Well, how long, let me ask you this. How long did it take you to go from a concept to actually seeing your book in your hand? Ooh. About a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. I waited a little too long to start really asking people for help and, okay, yeah. point me in the right direction. But once I got serious about it and got it rolling and started to get, you know, illustrations and whatnot done, boom. So what has here. been a reception for your book so far? What has been some of the early reception? Good. Like, people okay. like it for their kids. Mm -hmm. um, they love it for the family. Some of them love it for what it represents in history. Right. Um, some of them love it just because of the times we're in now, and mm -hmm. some of the some of the different controversies and things that are going on in the country. Uh, one of my friends called me up and said, "You know, we need this right now." So, yeah. Right. Right. It's been good. It's perfectly timed. What, what's next? For you, do you have any other book ideas coming? I know you said you had a workbook coming out. Yeah, workbook is next. Mm -hmm. I actually do have another children's book, um, kind of in the presses or you know, mm -hmm. in the workings. Okay. Um, and then I blog a lot, so yeah. I work on things for adults, mm -hmm. you know, but that's a little bit more of a lengthy process. Right. Okay. So I just don't want to be a children's author. I want to be an author in general. So, exactly. You know, that kind of exactly. stuff is coming too. Okay. Where do you blog again? I see good work. C-G-O-O-D-W-O-R-K.com-C-G-O-O-D-W-O-R-K.com-C-G-O-O-D-W-O-R-K.com-C-G-O-O-D-W-O-R-K.com-C-G-O-O-D-W-O-R-K.com-
in your area, how do they get in contact with you too? They can look me up mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. T's for you. That's a um, capital T, mm -hmm. lowercase s, the number four, and a capital U on Facebook. Okay. And inbox me. You'll see some of my products on T's for you website on Facebook, and you can inbox me if there's anything specific you want. Mainly your child's name and definition printed on a T-shirt. All right. What is the most unique name that you've customized on a shirt or customized on anything so far? My granddaughter. What's your granddaughter's Her name? Her name is Lyric. What, what is it again? Lyric. Lyric. Okay. Yes. Is it spelled a traditional way of Lyric? Nope. Just Lyric. Okay. L-Y-R-I-C. Okay. Alright. And is there anything else you would like for us to know about you or your business? I just thank you for your time. I think I thank um, Vince for inviting me. Yeah. Just yeah. general conversation. Say, hey, come join us. You might like it. All right. Okay. Appreciate uh, once again, we appreciate you. And for everybody else, look up Tease for You on Facebook to get in contact. How's everybody doing? My name is Joey Pinkney. I'm here at the Urban Access IndyCon 2, Decatur, Georgia. We're in Satellite Cinemas. Who do we have here? What's your name, sir? Isaiah Massey. Isaiah Massey. Okay. On the internet, a lot of people call me imass 21 Okay. If you Google, you'll see a plethora of my drawings. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, so yeah. what do we have here? What do you do, sir? I'm a comic book artist. Okay. Kind of a writer, a little bit, but yeah. most of the time, comic book artist. I'm the um, owner, creative, founder of MindlessDesigns.com. What's that again? MindlessDesigns.com. MindlessDesigns.com. Okay, so what, what does Mindless Designs do? Well, pretty much is like how Marvel and DC has like yeah. a whole bunch of characters that they created and different series and then once every now and then they put them all together into like one comic book or stuff like that that's yeah. kind of what i'm doing as well okay but with the anime twist to it you know okay then you don't really see anime artists doing it nowadays so is that why you um why you got into uh putting an anime spin on your yeah. work mm -hmm. okay okay like i'm really big on marvel and all that stuff, so gotcha, I figured gotcha, gotcha. add my own flair to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So how long you been doing this? I've uh, been doing it for, since I was about six years old, man. Okay, okay. So what, when did it kick into high gear for you? Like when you really started pulling the equipment together, learning to uh, refine your craft and all that good stuff? I want to say, I want to say probably around, when I, when I first got my first tablet, I want to yeah. say I was... 17 or 18. Okay. And I'm 27 okay. now, so. Okay, so you're decade, <laughs> decade in the biz now, right? Yeah. Decade with your skills, okay. Yeah. Alright, so, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, Apple or Android? Android, sorry, buddy. Android all, all the right, way. Alright, just had to, <laughs> I, I had to, I had to see, you know, yeah, yeah. Make, keep you on your toes. Yeah, um, yeah. For, for younger people out there that, you know, that, are, that love to draw mm -hmm. and haven't really had a chance to get technology, you know, to flesh out some of their ideas. Mm -hmm. What suggestions would you give to them in terms of, you know, building their skills and pulling together? Man, I say the best thing to do is just practice, 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 draw every day. And mm -hmm. a lot of people ask me the same thing. Yeah. 
far as like getting your skills up, you know, to a higher level, right. I say gesture drawing. Basically, you just get like a, a drawing of a regular, per I mean, a photo of a regular person just mm -hmm. doing everyday things. Yeah. Just sketch it out real quick. Sketch it out in like two minutes. Yeah. Or less. Just to keep your yeah. skills sharp. Uh huh. Okay. You do that every day. And you'll get better, trust me. Okay. You look at your old pictures from like a year or two ago, mm -hmm. and it's completely different from now. So, and I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. some of these pictures are two years old. Like you said, practice, so. practice, practice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what, right now, currently, what is your favorite character that you're working with? Like, what really has you inspired to push the envelope with that character? Well, today, I realize a lot of people are really liking Venetia here. Mm-hmm. So she hasn't, she doesn't have like a, a legit story completely fleshed out, but it will be coming out in sometime beginning of next year, first okay. quarter yes, next year. And a lot of people are liking her look and her style and her right. powers and all that. So yeah, honestly, she's one of my favorite characters. Another one would be Magnor. He's like the big boss, the big guy, the big bad guy of the whole entire universe so far. Ah, okay. He's like okay. a mixture of Doctor Doom. Mm -hmm. And a whole other Magneto, a whole bunch of other, you know, comic book right. characters from, okay. from Marvel Universe. So, one last question for you: mm -hmm. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, that's a really good one, man. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think flight. You want to fly? Yeah, I think flight. Flight would be a good one. Okay. So I don't have to drive around everywhere. See, then you don't have to do Uber or anything. Exactly, right? exactly. Right. Wasting gas or anything like that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I do appreciate your time. Mm -hmm. uh, once again, man, give us uh, give us your name, website, and mm -hmm. where we can find you. Uh, my name is Isaiah Massey. You can go to my website at www.mindlessdesigns.com, or you can look at my art web website, um, imass21.deviantart.com. And with the mindless design, as you're going all on that right now, you can get all my comments on there for free. So, okay. do that. Alright, thank you very much. No problem. Okay, how you doing, sir? Um, I'm fine. What is your name, sir? My name is Bruce, and today I have yes. uh, two clothing lines that I'm trying to market. The first one okay. is Lioness right here. It's about really about black women, how they're strong, how most of them raise like two and three boys, mm -hmm. three, two and three kids by themselves uh, with pretty much no help, working two and three jobs. Uh, the next line is also... Uh, incredible catch, and this is incredible catch. It's, uh, it's about a butterfly. It's about the metamorphosis, metamorphosis that people go through, mm -hmm. building strength and be becoming into their own. Okay. Uh, also, a line that I have is the djembe drummer. It's about African heritage and how the drum uh, builds strength through the community, and how the drums symbolize. Uh, togetherness of the village uh, also I'm promoting another African style shirt okay. it's the uh, African dance yes which was really uh, it was suppressed in America but in the islands such as the Bahamas uh, Brazil blacks were allowed to keep their 
spirituality and their uh, rituals. Okay. Okay. So how long have you been in the business? How long have you been um, doing these uh, the, sh the African inspired shirts? And well, I moved here in ninety. I'm sorry, I moved here in nineteen. 89 and uh -huh. at that time I was like introduced to African dance. I attended a lot of the uh, workshops. I also got very familiar with jazz music. I played trumpet in high school but had okay. no idea of the contributions that blacks played and, and um, jazz music. So I got, got kind of a cultural awakening yeah. when I moved to Atlanta. I think Atlanta's great for people, especially from rural areas, and yeah. really from all over the country to come find their roots, and um, that's the great part about Atlanta. Okay. We also have a shirt called I Love My Hair. It's about mm -hmm. the pains that women go through when they're coming up uh, with their hair. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting it fixed and going through you know the hot comb and going to yeah. school making sure you got to get your hair fixed mm -hmm. it also has some significance to me you know as a, as a man of color and that my mother would always kind of favor the kids with you know a good grade of yeah. hair you know so yeah, I'm thinking straight about hair, making, yeah. yeah straight hair curly hair mm -hmm. so i'm thinking about making one for the guys you know who had to deal with the you know the the we would call it back in the day the pick or whatever you know mm -hmm, we had mm -hmm. some struggles with our hair too our hair is just as good yeah. as any good grade of hair exactly. or curly hair out there yeah exactly okay so uh, what's next for you and your company like what are some of the upcoming things that you have planned well we just met up with a great marketing firm they actually market your stuff all you have to do is supply them with the goods and they market it and they also have distributors that um, market your stuff for you. Okay. All right. So is there anything? Uh, oh, this is one thing I need to ask you. So if people are interested in picking up any of your shirts or any of your other products, where would they go to find you if they, if they can't come to Atlanta to see you? I'm so glad you asked. The website is incrediblecatch.com. Okay. All right, and thank you very much. And um, just just for the record, you state your name again, so we so we know who to who to ask for. Well, my name is Bruce Cunningham. Bruce Cunningham. Thank you, thank you very much for your time, Bruce. Thank you, Joey. All right. All right. So here we are. My name is Joey Pinkney. We are at the Urban Access IndyCon 2, Decatur, Georgia. We're in Satellite Cinemas right now. What's your name, sir? And what is your business? My name is Rod Brown. I'm the president and creative director of Native Comics. Native Comics. Okay. Native so NativeComics.com. NativeComics.com. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, what are some of your wares, and what is what is Native Comics' um, uh, take on the? How how do you enter into the comic industry? I guess that's the best way to ask it. How am I? What now? I couldn't hear. What, what angle do you enter? Uh, what, what's your angle? Like, what's, what makes you unique? Well, Native Comics, basically, we're the, uh, we've been here in Atlanta for three years. We basically feature African American superheroes. Okay. And with original stories, original mm -hmm. characters, but we do cover a whole diverse, multicultural um, aspect. We have a lot of different characters from all walks of life, all different races. It's not just African and African American, although the majority okay. are. Okay. But all the heroes, all the villains, we're all it's all uh, uh, for people of color. Mm -hmm. The the characters are right. And, you know, anybody can read them. Okay. Uh, what we do is, uh, my major title right now is Protectors of the Native Order. This is mm -hmm. our first edition, issue number one. 
Uh, we just came out with this a couple weeks ago. This is the re-release of our first issue for Protectors of the Native Order. Okay. Collector's Edition sold out, so I had to reprint them, and this is what they are with brand new artwork, new inks, new color, additional dialogue. Very proud of this book. Okay. We also have the Indigos, which is a children's activity book. Uh, most wow, kid, okay. uh, most of a lot of these comic books are for are not for kids. Mm -hmm. So we do have one for kids as well. That's not only a coloring book and a comic book, but it's a puzzle book and a game book as well. Okay. So it can enhance their problem solving, math, reading skills. That's for them and memories. Okay. Uh, we also have a couple other series, uh, G Man and Sass, and I have a six issue mini series book once. So we have something for everybody. I think that's what separates us from other people. We have a wide, diverse range of characters mm -hmm. and several different series that people can choose from. We have things for boys, girls, kids, everybody. Okay. So what's the storyline, the main storyline for Protectors of the um, Native Order? The main storyline is uh, student activist Curtis Stevens is given powers granting him special abilities to stop a mysterious evil from corrupting his city. But however, okay. due to catastrophic events, three of his friends accidentally absorb and divide this power with him. Oh. Now they must learn to work together as a team in order to protect the citizens and eventually all of humankind against the growing danger. Okay. And Curtis, is, Curtis and his friends must become the protectors of the name. Okay. And that's how, it's, that's how it kicks off for them. Is there, a, is there a particular city? What's the name of the city? Um, that, the that city is... that they reside in now. My, all of these characters reside in the same universe. Okay. So they're all on the same world. So they do interact with each other from time to time. Okay. They come in and out of each other's storylines. And the city that the Protectors of the Native Orders uh, resides in is called Emoja City. Okay. Swahili for unity. All right. Now, is this city based on any particular... The city is based on Atlanta. Is it? Okay. I was, yeah. I was about to ask you. Okay. Okay. The city would be exactly where Atlanta would be in the native universe. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, um, what are some upcoming things that you have on the horizon? Like, what's what's next? We have you? actually a card game that we're developing at this wow, time. Okay. Also, we're coming out with a, a, a comic book for the Indigos. The Indigos... Right now, this is an activity book, which is games and puzzles, like I mentioned earlier, but we are going to come out with its own, this children's own full-fledged comic book for kids. Okay. So not only not only that, we're going to reissue Protectors of the Native Order issue number two, yeah. as well as issues number one and one of SAS and G-Man, respectively. What's the concept behind uh, issue number zero? Issues number zeros have always been our collector's editions. Oh, okay. These okay. were the first uh, books that I put out without anybody's help or without anything, just all original with me. When I reprint them, it becomes issue number one. So okay. the, the collector's editions only have a limited amount of copies. Mm -hmm. Once they're gone, they're sold out forever. Wow. When I reprint them, they become one, and then I can just print them over and over. Right, okay. All right, man. Well, I do appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate you. You said we can catch you at, uh, I forgot the website, man. What was the website it's again? nativecomics.com, N-A-T-I-V-E, comics, C-O-M-I-C-S. Okay. And if you put in the code 
the code name Griff right now, G-R-I-F-F, you get free shipping on our Protectors of the Native Order number one comic book. But only for this weekend. So. All right, so you got to hop, hop on it now. G-R-I-F-F, coupon code. That's the coupon code, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you. All right, once again, we're at the Urban Access IndyCon 2, Decatur, Georgia. What is your name, man? It's Kelly Crosby. Kelly Crosby. What is the name of your company? It's Kelly Crosby Design. Okay. And what kind of stuff do you do for those who are uninitiated? Okay. Well, I do a lot of abstract paintings, but for this convention, I decided to bring some of my handmade um, artwork and also hand-painted bases, art prints, and my shoes. Okay. How long have you been doing this? It's been over 20 years. I've been really? doing this a long time. Okay, since high school, if you, if you want to count that, but yeah, yeah. high school. All experience counts. So, so you're a veteran, but pretty much. So you, yeah. you know your way around customizing and art and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I'm a veteran as far as for the skill set, but mm -hmm. I'm still a baby when it comes to the business and social yeah. media aspects. Okay, okay. So what have been some of your more, more interesting projects that you've taken undertaken artistically? Artistically? Yeah. Let's see, recently I, I just did an exhibition for uh, a big retail show and that was, you know, really interesting because you have a different market mm -hmm. where you have to, you know, get your booth together and you're dealing with boutiques and potential big box retailers like Target and Walmart. So your presentation and everything has to be, you know, a lot different than what you would normally do at your average craft fair convention. Okay, alright. And, um... If somebody wants to find you online to buy any of the things that you make, where would they where would they go? Oh, that's easy. It's KellyCrosbyDesign.com. KellyCrosbyDesign.com. Okay. And what are the? Uh, I think you might have said it earlier, but if you could again, what are some of the different things that you actually have to offer? Original paintings, mm -hmm. art prints. I have hand painted glass um, bases that you see right here. Mm -hmm. I have the customized tennis shoes, I do decorative boxes, and actually I started putting my artwork on devices like Ooh. this, so I've got some okay. artwork on my um, smartphone. So oh, I offer wow. these uh, as well. Wow, okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, man. Okay, well thank you. Alright, this is Joey Pinkney at the Urban Access IndyCon 2 in Decatur, Georgia. Uh, where are we? Satellite Cinemas in Decatur, in Decatur, Georgia. I just got through moderating a great panel for uh, Black Science Fiction Society. Uh, we had Jarvis Sheffield, who is the uh, founder and the main the main go-to guy. We had um, Chastity Goodman, actually sitting next to me right now. We had Chastity Goodman, we had Tanya Woods, who's a, um, a cosplayer, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we got um, got through a lot of good, great information in terms of science fiction, the creative process. Of, uh, you know, got a, got a chance to laugh. And um, one, of, one of the interesting questions that I asked was, like, if you can go back to your 17, 18-year-old self, your 12th grade self, what would you tell yourself as a creative uh, to help better your creative process as an adult? And um, there were tons of interesting answers. And um, this is day one. Uh, we have another day. Today is Saturday. Oh, that's Jarvis Sheffield in the background. So we got another day of fun of doing the, um, doing the conference. So hopefully some of you guys can come out and check us out. And um, you know what I look like, so come and holler at me. <laughs>
All right, I'm here at the Urban Access IndyCon 2, Decatur, Georgia. Um, I have Adam here. He's one of the organizers. Tell us a little bit about yourself and also uh, what, how y'all came up with the idea for this. All right, well, my name's uh, Adam McCullough. I also go by Image. I'm a rap artist, a uh, writer. Um, I'm part of Infinite Access Comics. Okay. Uh, about a year ago, um, I printed my first comic book, and um, I started going to conventions. And when I, gave, when I was going to conventions, you know, I was just kind of, you know, looking around and seeing what different conventions were doing, and I was thinking of ways of creating a convention where we could give more to the vendors, so right. I wanted to, you know, create a, so I linked up with uh, Urban God Inc., which is another comic book company here in Atlanta, Georgia, and together we put Urban Access uh, together, you know, for something that uh, catered to the vendors a little bit more. Uh, a lot of what we planned, you know, wanted to do, uh, or what we did last year, we weren't able to do this year, so uh, last year we had food and stuff for vendors, you know, free right. food and stuff for vendors. We wanted to do that again this year, but because of the theater setup, we weren't able to, you know, put that together this year. Okay, what, what are some other things that have uh, you've changed up since <clears throat> since doing the first one? What are some of the things you learned from the first one that, that's made this one a little bit better? Um, the, I guess the importance of the lectures and panels, you know, during the yeah. convention. So, you know, we try, try to be a little bit more organized with the uh, lectures and panels this year. Okay, so you say you're a writer too. What what uh what are some of the things that you've written so far? Uh, right now, I have uh, my first comic book published. It's called Ten O One. It's the uh, opening comic book for our superhero universe. Okay. Um, right now, I'm in I'm wrapping up a novel. Uh, it's an urban graphic novel about uh, zombies and teenagers. Um, you know, surviving through the zombie apocalypse. All right. So, uh, what what inspired? What what what's one of the main things that inspires you to? create because I know it's not the easiest thing to come up with an idea and then see it all the way to the end so what, what keeps your juices flowing and keeps I, you going I think that's what it is you know the end result you know what I'm saying yeah Just all of the putting all the hard work and then finally getting that product at the end of it uh, okay you know, that keeps me going and I love writing and you know creating stories and alternate you know universes and reality so all right now, um, got another question for you in terms of being a rapper also, how is your lyricism, how does your lyricism play into some of the things that you write uh, for publication? Uh, well, for everything I do, I like to, you know, put a little bit of education in there. So a lot of my music is uh, conscious. It's a little aggressive, you know what I'm saying, a little more aggressive yeah. than most conscious music. But, um, you know, it's just to, uh, you know, inform and entertain at the same time. So I put those elements within my writings and my music. All right, so do, are we going to get a, a third a third uh, convention next oh, yeah, year? Yeah, we're going to get a third convention. So we got some new ideas that we're going to implement throughout right. the year. You know, uh, some free opportunities for vendors this year and maybe yeah. for a few uh, others that I know. And, um, you know, we'll be hitting people up with that. So. All right, so uh, where, where can um, people get in contact with you um, if they're trying to find you? Uh, they can get in contact with me at the uh, Urban Access IndyCon site, um, the Urban Access IndyCon Facebook page, uh, the Infinite Access uh, Facebook page. Uh, my personal Facebook page, uh, Image of MC, uh, okay. or my music page, Image uh, Image Seven He Got. Okay, what, what's uh, give me give me a, a, a dot com so everybody can go to uh, dot com www.urbanaccessindycon.com Urban Access A X I S N D I N D Y Con C O N. All right, thank you for your time, man. All right, I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, so we're here at the Urban Access IndyCon Two. What's your name, sir, and uh, what do you do? My name is Nicholas Hu. Yes, my last name is Hu, a black man with a Chinese last name. Wow. <laughs> yes. Um, basically, I am the creator of Daydreamer. So okay. Daydreamer is basically about a kid named Animus, who basically discovers that Mother Nature is not one person or one being that is basically
basically a multiple of these that you see here. Mm -hmm. So what we're basically doing right now is selling the posters and about to unveil issue zero probably within the next month or so. Or willing have issue one done by the fall. Okay. Where, where did you get the inspiration to come up with this series? Um, inspiration sometimes, well, inspiration most of the times comes from experience. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 you know how art imitates life and life yeah. imitates art. Definitely. It basically came from experience. And um, I've always loved the, the art form of graphic novels and comics, and I always wanted, I always like to write stories. I can't draw my life dependent on it, so that's why I guess I kind of limit to myself to just, you know, doing some writing. Okay. So um, I finally found someone that I would uh, be comfortable with and drawing, do some drawings, and I decided, hey, I wanted to develop a character. And then um, one thing came to another, and then he basically did some sketches, and this actually came, and this actually birthed about eight to ten years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's where that's where the inspiration came from, from experience. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, he's a young black kid. You know, I used to be a young black boy and stuff like oh, yeah. that. So, yeah. Okay. Who have been some of your um, influences in terms of producers of graphic novels? Uh, producers of graphic novels. Um, like, which, which graphic novels do you like? Yeah, kind of I'm a huge. Uh, I was I was a huge, uh, and I still am huge of Joe Madora fan. Okay. Um, of course, when he came out the Battle Chasers, when he was doing X Men and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, I also am a huge fan of uh, Scooty Young. Okay. He did, uh, he did a, the Marvel. He did some X Men stuff. He did some um, new threat, new warriors stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. But I'm more of a, um, a fan of, of literary authors. I'm a huge Shakespeare fan. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, actually, most of my inspiration actually comes from Shakespeare. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we kind of say Shakespeare does a lot of tragic stuff, but I think it's more of an essence of Shakespeare knows how to talk about people's inner characters and their inner demons. Right. Right. And trying to basically, the decisions that we make has an effect on what we do in our lives. So um, I'm more of a huge uh, novel writer, Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, pretty much Okay. So. I got to ask you this. It's kind of like a random question. How do you have the last name Fu? <laughs> so <laughs> I am half Jamaican, half Chinese. Wow, okay, yes. okay, okay. Believe it or not, Chinese Jamaican culture is a very huge culture. Actually, it should be the number two culture compared to Jamaican and British. Of course, with the British, mm -hmm. you know, uh, taking over Jamaica. Yeah. So, my father is Jamaican Chinese. He, would, he had more of a Chinese face, and then mm -hmm. my mother was full Jamaican. Wow. Okay. Um, I do not speak Chinese. Right. And as you can hear, uh, my Jamaican accent is pretty much gone. Right, right, right. Because right. I live in New York. Oh, yeah. Yes. New York will do that to you. Uh, yes, it will. It will do that yes, to you. It, yeah, yes, it yeah. will. So, um, yes, that's how I got the name. Okay. Um, getting back to literature. Um, uh -huh. How, what do you do to overcome creative blockages? Like when you, when you, um, when you get into like a slump creatively, what are some of the things that help you get over the hump? Um... One of the things I do is, I think when you have a creative block, I think 
to me is always your mind is at a pressure point where it just basically needs to release. Mm -hmm. So what I what I generally do is is that I try to do a lot of physical activity. Okay. Um, I play basketball a lot, so I um, play basketball, lift weights, um, and believe it or not, um, I try to overexert myself because when I overexert myself, that's when your mind kind of just calms down and calms yeah, down. get get in tune with. Okay. And believe it or not, um, I take showers. You know so, what? Somebody else said that. Yeah. What what I think happens is is that. Especially with showers, when when the water hits your face, it's like it's your, the water's kind of just giving your face a massage and giving mm -hmm. your, your brain a massage. Right. And it basically kind of just releases things that, I don't know, I, that's where I release more of my creative block and that's where I actually find more of my creative inspiration in the shower. So I generally take cold showers and I will basically put my head under the shower mm -hmm. for about two three minutes just to have my brain you know how women they say they go to the spa and try to yeah. relax that's right. more my that's it, my mental spa that's, that's your relaxation technique huh? yeah that's my mental spa okay all right I need to kind of stop with basketball <laughs> a little bit because I'm starting to get injuries more with oh. my um, advanced age yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's how, I, that's, how I, that's how i get my creative blocks okay if people want to uh, get in contact with you and now uh, find out more more about this upcoming series how would they do so so um you can go on the website daydreamercomic.com mm -hmm. and then um follow animus himself on instagram at doug daydreamer that's d-a dreamer dude.com Okay. Once again, man, thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you so much. All right. Once again, my name is Joey Pink, and I'm here at the Urban Access IndyCon 2, Decatur, Georgia. I'm here with Isaac. All right, he's one of the organizers. So, uh, what, what are some of the benefits of uh, organizing a convention like this for people? I mean, honestly, I think a lot of times this is an art that's everywhere. Everybody has their ideas and everything like that, but we need more places where they can come together and people can come to one place and see all the different types of ideas and the different types of artists and the different types of storytelling. So I think that's one of the main benefits is that not only do we get the chance to introduce audiences to these different medias, but we also get to kind of see what's out there too. So it's almost like having a first-hand look, exclusive look behind the scenes of what's really going on. And these are these are pioneers into a whole, a whole yeah. new thing that's going to take off in these next five, ten years. So we get to kind of see this first before... It becomes mainstream. Yeah. Going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you get the chance to say, "Now we was there when it wasn't even that many people doing it like that." You know what I'm right. saying? So right. you know, so I think that's one of the main benefits. You know what I mean? What What are some of the things that you're able to take away create creatively from yeah. a, an event like this? Ah uh, man, like personally, like creatively, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean. It's almost like, you know, I think a, a lot of times when you get into a creative zone, and I think a lot of people who write music or whatever you do creatively, sometimes you look for inspiration if you don't have your own. So you might look at whoever it is and they inspire you, and then sometimes you may be able to uh, create something that's similar. But with this, you really see that there's so many different types of stories out there that mm -hmm. you can just stay in your own lane and create your own thing. You don't have to create something similar or some, like something somebody else's stuff. You can just do what you do, and there's a, a lane for that. There's a market for that. 
So I think that's one of the things. It's kind of a confidence booster to see all these different types of people, different types of storylines, different types of uh, superheroes and characters and stuff. Like, you know what? I can just do what I was going to do. I don't have to make another Superman or another Spider-Man. Right, I can do right. what I want to do and there's a market. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's one of the main things, I think, you know. Okay, what kind of projects are you working on creatively? Oh, man. You asked the wrong question. There's too yeah. many things going on right now. Okay, well, um, just, just name name a know, few. Name a few to um, pop one of the main things I'm going to talk about, just so people know, we got a... Uh, video game we're working on okay and um i know everybody says this when they're working on something but when you say we're revolutionary i think just in the sense of what a, a video game is and what it's supposed to do for people yeah um it's not just a, a form of entertainment but just like how chess is it's entertainment mm -hmm. but it trains your mind to think a different way and most people who play chess you know what I'm saying? They're different type of people. Oh, so yeah, we're creating yeah. mediums and different types of media so that when people enjoy it, they actually take something away from it. You know, you know I'm, I'm a better person. I'm more developed. I'm more advanced because I played this game. So it's that part of it. But also, without giving too much away, you know, mm -hmm. the storytelling, I think, is going to be kind of dynamic because um, the way we want to do it is kind of telling a, a story from a lot of different angles. One story from multiple angles and then tying it all together. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. also... It's, you know you don't always see that in storytelling either but it's kind of proje uh, project an idea that you can't just take one thing and put you know and project it you got to look at it from all angles and dissect it so we want to really give people some difference that's one of the main things and I'm, I'm also working on a graphic novel okay. um, it's more of a noir kind of thing yeah um, of course you know it's telling a story on a, on a, on a, on a grand scale as far as corruption, political corruption, geopolitical issues and sure. things like that, but putting it kind of in the perspective of a, a kid in the urban environment, which we don't normally see that, you know what I'm saying? We right. see spy stuff and it's James Bond or something like that and they're already kind of up there, but what about the, the corruption and the political things from somebody who grew up in Atlanta? Right, on the 13 ground, years old and how do they see it and how do they deal with it and how do they change it? So right. that's, the, oh, that's yeah. the project I'm working on. It's called God's Forbid. Okay. So it's um, kind of a double entendre. It's God forbid, like, God forbid this happens, mm -hmm. the way I'm telling the story. But also it's God's forbid as God for bid auction. Oh, like you're selling yeah, that yeah, power. Yeah, right, you know right. what I'm saying? So And it's just the, kind of that struggle with different groups from different areas having this influence that shapes the, the climate, the political climate in the world. Mm -hmm. But again, you're starting with that urban perspective, you know what I mean, that we don't yeah. always see when it comes to that. So those are the two, there's other stuff, but I want to say those are the two main things that I'm focusing on right now. You know? All right, man. Right, right. Hey, man, well, I appreciate your time, yes, man, sir. and uh, yes, good sir. luck with some of these future uh, conventions oh, yeah. that y'all yeah. going to pull. we have some good stuff, man. Good all right. Stuff. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem Thanks. at all. All right. Once again, I am at the Urban Access IndyCon 2 in Decatur, Georgia. Who do we have here? What's your name, sir? Raymond Sanders. Okay. And I'm Anthony Sanders. Okay. Uh, just spoke. Yeah, you said y'all brothers, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So y'all, uh, what kind of? Do y'all have like the same company? Y'all have separate companies? No, it's the same. Company. Same company. Okay. What kind of? What, what's the name of the company? And, and um, what kind of projects do y'all have? Um, the name of the company is Fantasy Art Comics. We started eight years ago in 2008, and actually this weekend marks the eight-year anniversary. Congratulations, man. Thank you, thank you. Congratulations, yeah. But, um, for the most part, we do comic books, but, you 
know, we're wanting to move into more things like animation, you know, anything okay. dealing with comics and superheroes is what we're trying to do right now. Okay, so what kind of storylines do you have going on? Well, currently? we just released the new Fierce title. Eight years ago, Fierce was our very first character, but um, as time changed and creative teams grew, we decided to relaunch the book. We just released it this weekend. Mm -hmm. and, um, he's a teenager, 15 years old, has all these abilities, and he's being trained by this character, the Crimson Stalker, to be his replacement as the protector of this oh, okay. city. Okay. How did y'all come up with it? How did you come up with that story storyline or that I idea? I created Fierce almost 20 years ago when I was really? in high school. Okay. And, um, it's just a story I had for years, but I hooked up with a writer named Gabriel Smith, and he rewrote the story, so we decided to start from scratch. A brand new story, brand new universe, new characters, and, you know. Okay, okay, so you, but you know this character very well since you've been dealing with him for like two decades, right? Yes, um, okay. and actually the character behind him, the Crimson Stalker, I probably created in the fourth grade. I just, wow. a lot of my characters I just redesigned over the years. Mm -hmm. So I've been, been drawing since I was about five, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's, what's kept this company going for eight years? Like, how, how, how did you get over the humps? Just determination by all of us. It's just mm -hmm. something we grew up doing and always wanted to do. Okay. And we felt like the only way to do it is to just start getting it out there so right. people can see it. And it's, it's tough at times, but you know we love doing it no matter what. So, right. You know, we do it for fun. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. And what 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 series what series you have, sir? The book I do is Vicious Cycles, okay. and it's pretty much a um, introduction type comic book. Okay. Um, each book right now is going to feature a different character. Mm -hmm. Issue one features um, a woman named Eclipse that is a judge by day and a um, vigilante by night. So she gets to see all of the criminal element that comes through the courtroom, and any that slips through the cracks at night, she takes care of them as a vigilante. And then issue two is a uh, it's a book about a guy named Elementus who um, controls all the elements of the earth and is um, one of the most powerful beings on the planet. But he's not really interested in being a hero. So his friend Freeze Tag, which is um, part of a police force and also has his own abilities, kind of pushes him along to kind of reach his potential and start really caring about using his powers for good. Okay. Where do you get the inspiration for uh, the characters? Like, how do you how you go about building these complex characters? Some of it is um, it's pretty much taking characters that have already been invented and putting a twist on them. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, with um, the character, the lady character, Vicious Cycle One, it's um, sort of a Batman thing, okay. but. Um, she doesn't have a problem taking the villain out at the end. Oh, she's, okay. she's not yeah, going to beat yeah, him yeah. up and let him go. Right. She's going to take them out. Right, finish the deal. And, and then um, with Elementus, it's just a... Um, I've just always liked the powers of being able to control the elements mm -hmm. and how powerful a person can be if they can do that. And so um, that's how I came up with him. And you just try to make them modern. You know, give them a modern look, a modern feel, and okay. make them where they can relate to people today. All right. Now, now y'all said y'all was, was going to get into uh, move into digital animation. 
What kind of projects uh, could we look for in the future from y'all? Well, just anything we're working on. Like, we can see, you know, Fierce as maybe an animated series at some point. You know, Vicious Cycles, I think, would be a great like, live action show, especially featuring Eclipse. You know, it's. Yeah. You know, it's just something down the road we hope that we can start getting into. You know, video games, toys, everything. You know, anything to get the characters out there so people can see that, you know, we're willing to, to work with All right, now, if, if people are very interested and want to get in contact with you guys or uh, buy, some of the, buy some of your uh, comic books, how do they get in contact with you? You can go to um, fantasyartcomics.blogspot.com and just leave us a comment or just let us know what you want and we'll check it and we can um, contact you and get you the books and our website will be up in about two months but for the time being you can just go to that blog spot and get in contact with us and we'll get it to you. Alright man, well once again man, I appreciate y'all time and uh, thank, thank you for talking with me. Thank you. Right. Joe Pinkton, we are here at the Urban Access IndyCon 2, Decatur, Georgia. Uh, what's your name, sir, and what, what, what business do you have? What, what we got going on here? Uh, my name's DeForest. That's my lovely wife, Amanda. <laughs> We're just here. We'll represent our company, Life Forever. Pretty much we do uh, illustrations, uh, video editing, graphic design, and we also have um, some self-published action science fiction books. We're actually celebrating our 15th anniversary of the series Street Pill oh, wow. Black. Okay. It's an action science fiction short novel. It takes place in a dystopian future where a group that just calls themselves government have destroyed everything they've taken over, they've won. Mm -hmm. In order to maintain their control, they're trying to get one powerful super weapon. But uh, Street Ball Black, he's trying to get to it first. And, uh, okay. Out here today, we're just uh, promoting the uh, Blue Ink Project, which is an animation project for a uh, short 20, 25 minute uh, animated short. And, uh, that's in, currently in pre-production. We hope to have it ready by next year. And okay. we, right now, we just got prints and uh, posters for sale today, including a portfolio called uh, Volume One. <laughs> so yeah, just out here, just just representing. You know. All right. So, uh, what what inspired you to get into um, science fiction to this to this extent? Uh, to be actually a producer of content like this. Really, it's just always love creating content more than mm -hmm. anything else. Uh, like I said, it started just about 15 years ago, back when uh, stuff like Toonami was on Cartoon Network and the other right. stuff like that. I think okay. that's why a lot of people are doing more and more yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just recently, like, let's see, like in the past, like, five, six, seven years, I just really think, like, what do I really want to do in my life? You know, I'd rather do this than anything else. Right. So, the main thing is just to learn every day instead of just drawing every day. Yeah, and yeah. Just just branching out doing different things like just expanding on your own talents you know who have been some of your influences uh, growing up artistically or creatively uh let's say creatively like uh just musical artists like uh, my big one is michael jackson like, ah, i just okay. always love his yeah. creativity more than anything else and as far as artwork goes um i think some of my more recent influences are um I work by uh, Stanley R. Jerome Lau. I believe he uh, lives in Singapore. 
and just his uh, speed drawings that were one of the main reasons why I created our show called uh, Life Forever is a Graphic, which is a uh, art process and comedy video podcast on YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just, and I would say just, uh, yeah, Japanese animation in general is one mm-hmm. of the big, bigger things. All right, man, well, I appreciate your time, man. If people are looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, best way to do that is at, uh, at the website, life-forever.com, and you can check out Life Forever is a Graphic at, um, what is it, youtube.com forward slash Life Forever Official. Okay. You can check out our series, uh, Street Pile Black, and the Blue Ink mm-hmm. Project at uh, streetpileblack.com. All right, man, well, once again, man, I appreciate your time, man. All right, thank you. All right, everybody. My name is Joey Pinkney. I'm here at the Urban Access IndieCon 2, and here are two of my literary parents in the flesh. My first time probably going to see them, Jeff Dickerson and Joyce Dickerson. Thank you very much for coming. Um, what, what, besides me, what, what, um, what are some of the main attractions here? Like, what, 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 you, what you got in your hand right there? Oh, this is the uh, anthology, okay. science fiction book, uh, which I'm anxious to get home to start on. And it's accompanied by some great posters here, which I was um, given by the distinguished authors at the table. But, um, Hey, I'm excited about this. It's just wonderful to be here. There's a lot of talent here, yeah. a lot of great characters, heroes. And uh, if anyone's in the Atlanta area sees us, you know, feel yeah, free to come out. And you won't be disappointed. That's right. Now, since, uh, so now that I know you're a science fiction book, uh, who, who are some of your favorite science fiction authors right now? Hmm. Let me see. Well, right now, I haven't crossed really over into, I'm not getting into uh, a lot of that, so uh, I still like Steven Spielberg. Uh, let's see, who else? I think off the top of my head, um, let's see, who else? I'm, I'm not I'm trying to think of one I just got too long ago. Spielberg. Hmm. I'm getting ready to like this right here. This is, yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I know this is good, so I can't wait. See, see you got a couple posts too. And now, now that we know about the our Black Science Fiction Society, right. next time you interview him, he will know and be able to give you a list of people because we're not going to stop. We're going to the website. Oh, man, please do. It's a lot of stuff on there. And uh, Joyce, thank you so much okay, for coming yeah, to see me. Both of you and Joyce, I really do appreciate okay, it. And I do have to mention right, that they did give me chocolate. They did give me some chocolate, so I really do appreciate it. Don't come empty-handed. Hey, that's right. If you come, come and see me, come and see me with some chocolate. <laughs> all right, well, thank y'all very much. I really do appreciate y'all. Thank you, Joe. All right. Once again, this is Joey Pinkney at the Urban Access IndyCon 2. Who do we have here? Uh, my name is Kevin Chapman from Buffalo, New York. Okay. I am the creator of the Afro Avengers. All right, so tell us a little bit about, your, uh, about the Afro Avengers. Uh, the Afro Avengers started from one concept. What if Shaft was Batman? And then uh. that, that had devolved into something to a guy who saw his neighborhood decaying, and he decided he had to stand up and do it because nobody else would. Okay, okay. So, what has been the reception of this uh, to, to people that have actually had a chance to, you know, look at it and, and digest it and see it for what it is? Okay, from, you know, from a, a positive standpoint, people have been telling me that they feel the story is great and they feel that, you know, they can't wait to the, the world expands and they just love how the story keeps progressing and getting better and better and so forth and so forth. And of course, the art is well done. Okay, so you do the art and the story? Yes. Writing the story? 
what is what has been some of your who have been some of your influences in terms of uh, drawing? Drawing wise, I mean it comes from everywhere to Ernie Barnes to uh, David Sims, uh, who these uh, brother man. It goes from everywhere. Jack Kirby, Jim Lee. Uh, it, I never stop. I'm like a sponge. I love everybody. But as far as like just drawing from personal experiences, uh, I'm in love in love with the art of Ernie Barnes. Okay. What what mediums do you use to uh, create art? Do, or do you just do you do uh, digital art or, or do you do paper? I do uh, pencil and paper, but it's mostly been digital art now, especially for Apple Avenger, because it's been a quicker and more efficient way to get the book and the product out there. Okay. What are some uh, future projects, some upcoming projects for you? Uh, 2017, I had my first superhero group coming out called The United. Basically, about four superheroes coming together to fight for a bigger cause and fight for the uh, first time. Then I have another uh, graphic novel coming out called Squad Up. Basically, four teenagers get gained superpowers after a car accident and they don't know why. And that's, you know, basically just with the Fantastic Four with some boys in the hood. And that's just going to be a great story to read. Okay. Who have been, uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Who have been, uh, let me see. Let's see how to ask this. Uh, if you weren't, if you weren't doing this, how would you get your creativity up? Oh, I'd, I'd be, be graffiti and vandalizing walls. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. I'm so serious. I'd That's right. You did say New York, right? Yeah, Buffalo, That's part New of the culture. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, what, what what brought you to this particular con uh, convention? Um, it was something I wanted to do. It was something I know to expand my reach uh, past New York State. And of course, North had asked me to do it. You know, me and him been friends since, you know, for a couple years now. And okay. He's been a great supporter of Afro Avenger and all my art, what I've been doing. So I just felt like my gratitude to come West is kind and, you know, show out and show some support. All right, man. Well, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Hello everybody, my name is Joey Pinkney. I'm here at the Urban Axis IndyCon 2. We're in Decatur, Georgia. I think it's uh, South Decatur Mall and uh, Satellite Cinemas. I had the honor and pleasure of finally getting to meet um, Joyce Dickerson and her husband, Jeff Dickerson. And I have to admit, they are some very great people and y'all know I love chocolate. They know I love chocolate. They actually brought me some chocolate. Like, how, you know, how, how does it get any better than this? It really doesn't. Like, my whole experience has been made now. Like, I got some free chocolate. Got to meet some good friends, finally face-to-face. -face. Take them out to the digital world, put them in the physical world, and then they put some physical chocolate in my hand. I can't believe this. I'm, I'm very happy right now. My whole day has been made, and, um, yeah, I just want to tell y'all about that real quick. Y'all have a good day, because I am. And I'm about to have some a better day once I break that open and eat some chocolate.
interested, even though we've kind of done other things professionally. And um, slowly but surely, we kind of did this number right here, where we came back together. And um, I'm a member of the Black Science Fiction Society, and um, I'm, I'm a strong supporter of whatever he does. And um, he, he actually asked me to come to the conference and see how things work and stuff like that. And um, I'm, I've been having a pretty good experience. I, I really do appreciate you letting me come. And then also, in terms of the panel, I do better at like asking the questions and stuff like that. So you know, it gives me a chance to do that. So we're gonna hop right into it. So we're gonna start off with um, Tanya. Go ahead and introduce yourself to us. So I am Tanya Woods. I am from here in Atlanta. Um, I, I guess my role in all of this is that I, I do cosplay and I do costuming. I've started taking commissions. Um, I met Jarvis through a different convention, the Atlanta Science Fiction and Fantasy Expo. Um, I worked with the expo and I was putting together, you know, guests and I'm like, oh yeah, there's this guy, Jarvis Sheffield, and he does like science fiction society. And, um, you know, Jarvis does great work and is really cool and he was like, you know, you have to join up. And so I, I, I too joined the Black Science Fiction Society. Um, and, and so, you know, I have a great supporter of um, urban indie events like this one because, you know, we always talk about we want to see more material for us by us. And um, this is how you get it, is that you have to come out and you have to support these types of events. So that's why I'm here today. And because Jarvis was so kind to invite me. <laughs> yeah, I'm Chastity Goodman. I am a writer. People scream, and that's great. Uh, <laughs> I currently have a book uh, called Could I Really Be President? And I met Jarvis. Uh, online while I was in college looking for stuff to do my thesis on. My thesis was actually on African Americans in science fiction and I'm looking through the scarcity of sources. At least there was two or three years ago and I'm hunting and hunting and hunting and then I go, oh, there's this whole website with like everything in the world. And so yeah, that's how I met Jarvis and he was like, oh yeah, do this and do this and you know, there's so many pointers on there about how to become self-published, there's authors, there's writers, there's sample work, there's everything. So it was a great um, experience for me to hop on there and kind of see and see and feel my way through Afrofuturism and really get my feet wet. And so then he invited me to come here, be on the panel, and I was like, yeah, I have nothing to do Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, science fiction society been around and then 
most of those were my friends that I went to college with and played video games with and some of my little nerdy uh, cartoons and stuff. So they were the foundation of the site. And then I went on to, then I think eGroups was still around before Yahoo bought them. <laughs> and I put a couple of ads out. A long time ago. I forgot about that until you said it. It was like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. That was ancient times, like eight years ago. And um, I think it jumped up to maybe 50 people. And then it kind of grew from 50 people, that 20 to 50. And then we would make a milestone every 100 and then every 1,000. And now we're about 5,000 people on the main site and 10,000 on our Facebook group and 9,700 on our Facebook page. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's more leaps and bounds. You can never have too many people. Ah. Right. So you're welcome to join anytime. It's free. Yeah, people 
people call me a cosplayer. I I tend not necessarily to always engage in the play side of it. Right. Um, but that is, you know, the technical answer for it. So it kind of goes beyond just wearing a costume for most people. Most people who cosplay, they very much want to actually embody the character. Right. And right. so, you know, and it, at the same time, I tend to build a little bit differently. Some people only build characters that they're in love with. I like to build for the sake of building. Mm -hmm. So usually my love comes from my research as I'm, you know, creating the costume because I often pick things that are going to be a technical challenge for me. Right. So okay. it tends to be a bit different. So. Okay. In terms of doing research, um, come up with your costumes. Um, what's your process? Usually, you know, you you read something or you go to see a film or you pick up a new comic. And for me, it's usually I see something and I'm like, wow, that is pretty awesome. Um, I. You know, my parents are both creative people, but in very different ways. And so I never had a store-bought costume after I was about seven years old. Wow, okay. I had the plastic ones with the mask. Yeah. And then one year, McCall's put out patterns, and my mom made me a Batgirl costume. And that was pretty much the end of that. It's been on like Donkey Kong ever since. And um, I did take a break. And um, when I got, you know, after college, I think I kind of felt like, eh, I'm getting a little bit too old for this. This is a bit silly. I should put these childish things aside. And then I saw Pacific Rim and kind of lost my mind and was like, I really want to wear that pilot armor. <laughs> so I, I started trying to call around and find somebody that could, where I could buy one, somebody that could make me one. And people were like, no, nah, that's too complex. Nobody's making that. If you want that, you're going to have to make that. And I was like, I'm going to have I don't know where to start. And so from there, that's how I realized how you have to start. And, uh, you know, if it's a film, there's sites out there that have every frame of the film broken out. And so you go to those sites and you download as many images as you can get of the costume from different sides. If it's a comic, um, you know, my Marvel Unlimited account, I keep turning it off and on, off and on, because I'll see something cool and then I'll turn it back on so I can go read all the back issues that included this character and the different variations. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to MomoCon, and I was Misty Knight. But I wanted to be kind of an in-between 70s and the current Misty Knight. Mm -hmm. So I had to go back and read all the Daughter of the Dragon books. So, you know, I got to turn the Marvel and Limited account back on so I can go back and get these books. Right. So, uh, you know, for me, it's usually consuming the actual material that that character came from. And then from there, I, I make patterns, or I, I buy commercial patterns that I then edit, or I marry together parts from several different ones to, to put together a final look. All right, Jarvis, uh, still staying with the cosplay thing. Um, I know a lot of the members that are on the site, um, either they deal directly with cosplay or they're familiar with it. Um, in terms of some of the, some of your future endeavors in dealing with science fiction, um, do you think you would incorporate the world of cosplay into some of your characters? Um, or flesh them out so that, you know, they go from being in a different medium to acting actual people playing the characters out in real life? Almost definitely. I think it's a excellent way to bring attention to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad you asked that because we're doing a three-film Earth Squadron, which is like a combination of Independence Day and X-Men. And so we have a number of characters, both alien characters and uh, Earth soldiers. And the Earth soldiers have armor and suits. I've already tapped Tanya to um, help out in the, in the near future, hopefully next year, where we 
happened to be president is for families, like babies, uh, elders, grandparents, everybody sit down and read the book together and then share experiences. Um, what inspired that was my grandmother. Um, she was kind of the fuel behind the, the finish, if you will. And I was sitting down thinking about my life and, and kind of the impact that she's had in it. And I thought about, man, my grandma just missed this big election, you know, of, of our first African-American president. And I wonder what kind of conversations we would have had. I wonder what she would have said. So I reached down in my imagination and pulled this book out. And I kind of relived. Well, I didn't relive it because it never happened. But I thought about what would have happened had she been here and, and imagined that as a little boy kind of traveling through that journey. Um, what gave me the fire to do it, though, was keep visiting Jarvis. I was like, man, I'm trying to be like you. He was like, just do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so finally I said, let me put the pen to paper and let me actually do it. And so I did. I released it this year. Uh, the workbook is coming. And then also with that, I do a lot of vlogs and different things like that to where I'm actually sharing some of the things that are inside my head. So other people other than the studio audience that lives up there can enjoy them too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you said it was a, a workbook on what, what kind of things will be included in a related a workbook related to your book? Uh, well, I was just on the, the, the radio station and I think William Hayashi that, that uh, hosted called it an uh, active dream journal which I thought was like mm -hmm. I'm digging that. I may post tag. What is it? Hat, pound, yeah, all that. <laughs> Let me do that. Let me do that. I like it. But it, it's helping kids with vocabulary and, and identity. Like, who am I? What do I want in the world? How do I see myself? And then getting them to interact with parents and then have that conversation. Oh, your name means this, sir. You know, just really pounding out who they are in the world and figuring out what those superpowers are that they have and then making the impossible possible. Because I think in 2016, I don't think we've seen impossible. Right, that's true. Now, Tanya, um, how many, I guess, I guess the way to put it is, how many man hours does it take to make a costume like the one you have on now?
I just must get this thing finished. And then, so you'll see often, like in my journals on my website, there'll come a point where, oh, there's no pictures. And now there's just suddenly things. Right. Because you get to a point where you're like, it's like, I have to make the thing. So, you know, when you're working on something that literally takes you years, mm -hmm. um, you lose track. But there are definitely people who spend thousands of hours. And, you know, you have the one that you love. And so for me, the Pacific Rim one is the one that I love. Mm -hmm. So I've gone back to it many, many times. Um, OnyxCon is here in Atlanta in um, August. And I do Lady Sankofa. And okay. that suit is on, like, version 4.0. Mm -hmm. So it's several hundred hours in the making because it's been made out of different things. The very first time I made it was when I really didn't know what I was doing. It actually came out pretty good considering I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but, you know, since then I've, I've used different materials and different processes. And so, like, now I've, I've very much gotten into using, like, thermoplastics and stuff like that. And so uh, those you would think that you're actually going to save some time, but they can take even longer. So. Okay. Now, it just varies. When you um, when you dress up in costume as a character, multiple years on on the end, mm -hmm. do you rebuild that costume, or do you just add on to what you had from the previous year? Um. Well, I am probably the worst sort of person to be involved with something like this because I'm very anal retentive, and so as I learn. I usually am unable to find what I did previously acceptable. Like I'll look at it and I'll very much want to keep it, but I'm kind of like, yeah, but I could make all of that so much better now. And you know, usually I tell people anytime you see me wearing something, there's probably four do-overs in a bin at my workshop. And so whenever my friends are like, that is really awesome, I'm like, come by the shop. There's enough pieces that you can cobble yourself together with. Because, you know, I've got, you know, four or five legs in a corner and two or four, you know, two or three arms. So, um, that usually isn't the case, but there's costumes that I've worn that they weren't actually complete, but only I knew that they weren't complete. You know, there was a part missing or there was some element that didn't come out quite right. And so sometimes I'll revisit those and I'll just add on to it. But, um, generally I find myself rebuilding whole parts or okay. the whole thing. Uh, uh, Jarvis, what... What is what are some of your keys to success in terms of keeping this community, the Black Science Fiction Society, going? Because I know it's not the easiest thing to. It's, it's almost like herding cats sometimes, having <laughs> a, a whole bunch of different people, different professions, different skill sets, and also different personalities. I think um, one of the main things is keeping in uh, the forefront that it's not just me. Mm -hmm. that's uh, responsible for keeping the site going. It's a really a community effort because we have videos, you have blogs, you have photo pictures that are posted up, you have events, and everybody that's a member of the site gets to contribute to that. And so that content, whether it's a picture of this event or, hey, this is my comic book or this is my book, that's new stuff they put on there every day. And then in addition to you seeing the new stuff there, the person that posted something gets feedback from the site that, hey, I like that, Ooh, I like that video, okay. Oh, how did you do that? And then you get to network. Um, so it's the key to the site is the community. And that's one of the things I set out at the very beginning um, to make it a community, not just a site where most sites are, where you have some information and some content. You go there and look at it, and then, okay, you leave. There's nothing to bring you back. Mm -hmm. So I think the key is community and making sure that the site is what I call sticky 
in a manner to bring people back. And we try to always keep new content and useful information on that so that people have a reason to come back. Okay. Now, Chesney, when you, um, when you're, when, when you're delving into science fiction, you're talking about uh, what the concept of Afrofuturism Afro means to you. Um, what is one scene out of either a movie or a book that has really struck a chord with you that you that that really um, I guess inspired you to you know to to think about that imaginary world, so to speak? Um, After Earth with Will Smith and his son. Oh yeah. Yeah, my brother is a Batman fanatic. I mean, his wallet. He's a grown man, by the way, but his wallet, I mean, his shoes, his house shoes, his, everything is Batman. And so he's very creative. I'm very creative. And again, I have creative parents who kind of sort of in different ways. They do music. They do different things. So my brother has always wanted to make a movie with me. And, you know, I do kind of the writing side of it with the music. And he can come in and do some of the music and the direction and some of that. But seeing Will Smith and his son on the screen in this kind of after apocalyptic earth type situation was, it was first of all, I loved the movie. I thought it was incredible. But then when the cameras went off or the, the, the lights came on and you see the credits and it's like Will, his son, his wife, his brother-in-law, like the whole fa I was like, is this the whole Will Smith, like three generations of them? I came out with this. I need to do this where like everything is like, you know, uh, um, an extension of your family. Family is extremely important to me. Right. And uh, also to kind of add in on that, I work with kids. I'm a teacher, and that's the that's the element that's missing in the classroom. It's like that we're not a team. I'm your kid's teacher, but like we're on a team together. Like you have to tell me what's going on, and I have to tell you what's going on. And because that teamwork is not there. I guess, you know, I don't guess, I know that I'm, I'm partial to things that um, promote family, that utilize family, and that go back to that family culture that a, a child or an adult or a teenager or whatever the case may be can build on. So, yeah. Antonio, who are some of your, uh, uh, I would say, I'm going to say influence, but who, who are some of the people that influence you, uh, whether they be artists, authors, or otherwise? Influences. Um, weirdly, uh, so definitely my mom, because uh, so my parents are created in different ways. My dad, um, he's always done like metal work, and he actually works as a professional carpenter. But my mom is one of these multimedia people. Like she can use anything. You know, acrylic. She does painting. She sculpts. She does jewelry. And so, in my own process, I think that fearlessness in trying something new. And oh wait, it might catch on fire. I got that from my mom because she's always like, "What is this thing? How do you use it? Can I make something else with this thing?" Um, as much as you know, on the cosplay side of it, there's people that I stalk on Facebook, and I don't stalk like you know any of the usual suspects. Usually, there's um, a, a guy out of California named Sean Shaw, who I think most people know him from. Um, he did like a really awesome. Black Panther two years ago at San Diego Comic Con. I think that's the thing that kind of elevated him. He, um, you know, he's not one of these builders. A lot of times when you're looking online at who's building what in cosplay, they tend to kind of be middle-aged white guys that they have a basement 
with thousands of dollars of stuff. They've got every um, power tool known in any kind. They've got three or four 3D printers. They just got all this stuff. And so I think a lot of people look at it and they're afraid of the entry point because they're like, okay, I cannot build an awesome costume unless I have all these things. But I started watching this guy, Sean Chalk. He's a black guy. He's in his mid-30s, I think. He's got one kid with cancer and another small child at home. And they live somewhere in, I think, like East L.A. So when he's posting pictures of his workspace, I think he has a room in the back of his house. They've got burglar bars on the window. When he's posting that he's painting stuff, you can see graffiti in the background. And dude takes commissions from movie companies because he is making this stuff. This is this is where I live. This is my community, and this is how I'm doing. So he's one of the people that I look at him, and I'm like, this guy doesn't have all this stuff. You know, he sculpts a lot. He he does a lot of um, casting and that kind of thing, and he's using what he has. And so. For me to be able to actually begin building, it was much easier for me to look at someone like him and look at the work that he was doing on, you know, on kind of a limited budget in, in a small room. You know, he didn't have this Tony Stark basement. I can do that. You online? These guys are like, you know, hey, I'm Bill so and so, and I got this. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from those guys. They're awesome too, but it can be very daunting when you're like, how do I do this? You know, without all this stuff, and you know, you think you need stuff, and so. Um, you know, I, I started following him, um, and, and there's a, a, I think she's German, her name is Kamui Cosplay, and she um, is a woman, and she does lots of armor, and she was the first person I saw using, like, thermoplastics and stuff like that, and um, she started out just, I think, crafting stuff just to go to conventions, and she's kind of made it into a career for herself, so those are the two people that I probably look to the most often, because both of them, she lives in, like, a studio apartment. So she's always, whenever she sands anything, girl has like maybe 500 yards of plastic. And she takes all this plastic up and she's in what you know is her living room with like a belt sander. And she's like, yeah, so I'm doing this now. And you can see like, you know, the kitchen behind her. And, and I love that. And so those two people really are kind of my inspiration because I'm like, you know, they're doing it with what they have in the space that they have. What was his name? Shaw. Sean Shaw. And he will not, for whatever reason, he won't, he does I don't think he even has a cosplay page. He just has his regular Facebook. And he'll be like, yeah, I couldn't talk about this thing, but here's the thing that I did for Bungie last week. And then he'll go back to doing, like, a costume for his kid. Wow. Yeah. Jarvis, what are some of your, what, what are some of the, the tools that you use to pull off with you in terms of, like, the, the, the community group? Uh, we were talking about uh, the movies that you're uh, developing, and uh, uh, and also like you know coming up with you know doing typesetting. For, but what are some of the, your your tools that you use to actually pull this off? Okay, that could be a, a mixture of stuff. Actually, with the website, I use a database called um, Neem, um, and I'm using the 2.0 version of the new version. They have a new version now, but I, I like the second version so I don't want to let it so, <laughs> And so it has everything I want. Mm -hmm. So and it works. Yeah, it works. And it, it's functional. And I'm, I'm notorious about that. I won't go out and buy stuff just for the sake of buying. Oh, I got the newest stuff. I I actually use what I have, mm -hmm. and that does everything that I want. So today, tell me I can't use that anymore. <laughs> so uh, Ning as the database, and I I still have Photoshop seven. 
switch gears a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna step outside of science fiction once again, and I'm gonna start with Chad. I'm gonna ask all y'all the same question. This 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 go around, but I'm, I'm gonna start off with you, Chad. What is your creative What is your creative environment look like? Like when you're sitting down and you're writing and you're making your book, and also you say you, you blog a lot too, right? Mm -hmm. What 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 is what is this scene of like? Do you have music playing? Not? Do you have your favorite drink? Or do you just tune in? For you, what what would you, what is your um, scene look like? What is your environment look like? Uh, <laughs> I don't really technically have a creative process. Like I don't. Okay, let me like six M&M's that are green and like this glass, <laughs> like this, I, I, I don't do that. My favorite crystal. Exactly, right. let me put that right here. Like six inches to the right, like I don't do that. Like usually if a story hits me, yeah. it'll happen at the most inopportune time or while I'm doing something or cooking or eating or in the kitchen or driving. And it's like, boom, here's the story and I'll see it and I'll see all the characters and I'll hear what they're saying and I'm like, oh, okay. This is a great story, but I'm in, you know, traffic. Yeah. So I'll write the story in my head, and then when I sit down to it, I'm like, okay, this is what happens, and I'll do it that way. Uh, I will use music, um, and I, but it's not like R&B or hip-hop. It has to be like that new movie music that's like in the background of <laughs> something. I'm like, yeah, I can see this scene, and I'll write it this way. Um, but that's about it. Like, one of my blogs... I wrote about the Flint situation, and um, in writing it, like I heard the music, I saw it, and then I was able to like go piece it together with writing, and then actually make a little video of it as well. But you know, that's about as complex as I get. Skittles, you know, giving kids Skittles at Halloween party, and boom, there's the story. All right, let's save it in my little down, you know, low place, and then when I get some time, I'll write it down. Okay. Um, I actually do have a workshop, but it's not a Tony Stark workshop. I have the ultimate hood workshop. It is in between a trucking company and a woodworking shop in a subdivided warehouse. And it's a room not quite as long as this one, and I have no money, so I share it with a guy that cosplays as Thor and a Ghostbuster. So he has one side and I have the other side. Um, when I'm actually doing fabrication stuff, I do go over there. The rest of the time is probably just at my computer. Um, we're just out in the day-to-day -day world. You know, I go to a movie and it's really, really awesome. And usually right after the movie, I get on my phone and see if I can find, you know, turn around to that character. And I save all this stuff to my phone. And then I put it in my Dropbox. Or the turnarounds. Where you can see all sides of the character, which no one ever gives you the back, so you just put party in the back because no one knows what it looks like anyway. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time on my computer, and my computer at home, I like Jarvis, I like to keep things as long as I possibly can. So I tend to, um, I'm, I'm not afraid of cracking the box open, so I tend to have like these hacking Franken computer things that I've like upgraded everything that I can. It's overclocked now and it's heating up and it's sitting on like a box fan because right. it gets really hot. Yeah. So, um, so like right now I actually have what looks probably like some 15 year old boy lives in my bedroom because I've got a gaming system. So I've got two big monitors and my laptop and another laptop and um, I, I have like a digital cutter and I've got a 3D printer and all that junk is actually on what I call a desk but what Ikea sells as a table. Wow. Okay. Great answer. 
that, that is very that is my workspace. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit haphazard. I'll get an idea and I'll like I have I keep like a notepad and I write stuff down. And then um, if you notice that I was walking around with my bag, I have my laptop or whatever I go in general. And so I'll just if I get time, I'll kind of make time. I find like a quiet place or make sure to bring my headphones. And I can pop up and uh, I'll do stuff at home upstairs or in a library or near bread or um, my new places, uh, Starbucks. They have, they have, they have, they have, they have music that I have to tolerate in these spots. Yeah. <laughs> they have frequent Wi Fi. So and they so, have the McDonald's too. <laughs> look, 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 look. I would use McDonald's, KFC, anywhere that has free. Wi-Fi and I'll have my head pop my headphones on and get to work while I do graphics, um, whether it's 3D because I have a 3D program on that too. Okay. It's just pretty much anywhere I can find a quiet spot yeah. to, to do stuff. And I box out the ideas pop in my head, I write it down, I write everything down because I have so much going on. If I don't write it down, I'm like eight years old or something, my memory is nothing. So <laughs> I'm writing everything down and I um, Rehash that list every week so if something doesn't make that list, it gets pushed over to the next one, uh, next week, and that's what I start on first. So I make sure it gets done. Right, okay. So you don't just have these without this guy. I just got like stacks of lists, and I just stare at him all. I can't get to any of that in this lifetime. What am I gonna do? Before I forget, that one tool that I did forget um, is uh, Microsoft OneNote, and it comes with um, the Microsoft Suite. So that allows me to categorize all the projects that I'm working on and then break each one of those down. And I can just pull my lap, my, uh, either my laptop or my Microsoft phone and pull what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. Or a reference some old information for me to get to. Dave inspired me to actually answer this question too. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an author, so I write stories and, and uh, stuff like that. So my, my writing environment, Remember, I think you were talking about like you don't have like certain things that have to be in place. <laughs> I kind of feel guilty about it, but no, what, it's your space. It, it's you, you. you understand once I once I tell. You. Okay. <laughs> I have to have chocolate. Well, I, I eat chocolate like all the time, so it, it's it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I had to have when I'm writing, I do need chocolate, <laughs> and it's chocolate. Uh, it's Hershey's with almonds, right? <laughs> That has to be the chocolate. That has to be, yeah. Okay. I do my best writing when I, when I got that and Mountain Dew. Okay. Wow. And I'm trying to get away from Mountain Dew and trying to, you know, so I don't, I only pull it out for when I really have the scene where I want to be and I'm ready to get out some serious writing. So I've cut down my Mountain Dew intake, but I've just noticed that that's one of the, the components to get that sweet story. spot. I know, yeah. Literally. But it's just. <laughs> <laughs> other sodas don't work like that. You know, other drinks don't work as well as getting the good stuff out. You know, like the good. Well, I drink a lot. Of, I drink a lot of dollar store five hour uh, that stuff. To whatever that knockoff stuff is, they sell. I notice it makes my extremities numb sometimes. Oh, but you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> another thing is, gotta go to inexpensive gas stations. Hell, I cannot. Sounds like Red Bull, but ninety nine cents. And you have your own jittery. Yeah, a little shaky. Yeah. It's called, it's called a nap. Oh, okay. If you just sneak one in. Oh no, it's called a hot night. And a, and a while hyped up on like knockoff five hour energy <laughs> and 
Oreos at 4 a.m. and you're like, what is smoking? Right. <laughs> no, but um, and another thing for me, like you say, you play music in the background. Like I have, I, I try to listen to music. I try to watch movies, and all that stuff throws me off. I have to turn all that crap off and just write. And sometimes I'll sit in front of the screen and nothing will be happening except for stuff in my subconscious that I don't really get a get privy to until it's like ready to be hatched. But um, yeah, but I had, I had to dump my little too soon. Chocolate. Well, now, I will admit that if it's something that I really, really have to think about, sometimes I actually take a shower. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't, I don't know, I guess it's when you're in the shower, you're not really focused on anything but the fact that you're in the shower. So I have been known to intentionally take a shower so that I could solve a problem. Yeah. The water flows. Yeah. Thoughts flow like the water. And also the hour of the day, like, I, I tend to do, like, my best creative work in between, like, 11 and Three in the morning, 11 to 9, 3 in the oh, morning. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. My eyes don't fall shut first. Yeah. <laughs> right with you. All right. So we're going to switch back into science fiction. So, Jarvis, what? Heck, I'm going to ask Chastity first. Ha. What science fiction book or story that you've that you read and really like, that you'd like to see turned into uh, a movie? Turn into something that's visual as opposed to just being a book. Uh, Octavia Butler's Adulthood Right series. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I want to see Lilith picking out people. I want to see um, the, the gentleman she chewed out. Like, I want to see what, what, what a, a Louis would look like to somebody. Cause like in my head, I've had five different versions of them as I read it and teach it. I'm like, okay, well the gray, and then like they they slither, so maybe they're like a semi-octopus. Like I don't even know. I would like to see somebody super uber creative bring that to life, maybe in 3D forms, like a la Avatar. That would be hot. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Lilith. Taylor Butler's Pattern Master series. 
love to see that. Um, and the second one is one of the site members, and he also hosts a radio show on Friday. Um, we Payashi has uh, a trilogy called Discovery, the Discovery Series, where black people have been living on the dark side of the moon since the beginning, since before Neil Armstrong. And it shows, you know, how that came about where, I'm just giving a little bit of it, where um, a college student finds out how to manipulate um, rap, and so he wants to keep this technology to himself because he knows what happens when you share it. So he finds other people that are genius level like himself, highly smart people, and they all move eventually to behind the moon and develop their own college book. Mm -hmm. And that book follows the beginning all the way till uh, when the people of Earth find out about it and what happens at that point. And so I'm on the third book now, but I would love to see that as a um, as a film. I really would any kind of film that could be cartoon or 3D or okay. <laughs> stop motion. You were talking earlier about um, how you use Windows OneNote, and then you can also use it on your phone. What are some of your favorite apps that help you be a creative, that, that help you push your creativity out? Um, I had alluded to someone before where the OneNote keeps me within bounds, but I've used Photoshop, and like I said, if some of you missed it, I, I'm sorry, Photoshop says more. I'm talking about phone apps. Oh, phone apps. Mm -hmm. um, I think, the whole Microsoft suite, I have access to that on my phone, because okay. I have those phone, where I can type um, papers, you know, ideas and stuff into either OneNote or Word, or I don't use much creative stuff. I'll play <laughs> trivia crack on my phone mm. to kind of stimulate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that kind of stimulates my thinking. It's trivia crack. Because okay. it makes you think. And so, I'll, between stuff, I'll kind of play that and I kind of get the juices flowing. And so, it, it's a little game, but that and one, you know what I would say. Mm -hmm. I don't have many apps. How about you, Jessica? Okay, confession time. Uh -oh. Instagram, I'm a troll. I will watch people. I'm saying whatever, sh I will like, really? Why is this trending? Because I want to get behind the psychology behind the trend mm -hmm. to see if it tells me something about the society that I'm in, the people that I'm in, and this is what my kids are watching. Not my personal children, but my students. So I want to see, okay, this is up here, why? Um, I'll look at Twitter to see what's trending, Facebook to see what's trending. Um, what other stuff do I do? Flipbook is good for news. Like I'm a news fanatic. Okay. Um, anything else that I use? Yeah, kick, any of the social stuff. Um, I'm down with it, I'm like, yeah.
it's hard to do commissions without having a good idea of how long it's going to take you to fabricate. So I've been using it to kind of track my own fabrication speeds. Um, so yeah, that and Dropbox is my favorite thing because I'm forever telling people, put that in my Dropbox or I put things in my Dropbox. I take a lot of photos with my phone, whether it's just, you know, I go to Home Depot and I'm considering buying something, I'll take a photo, I'll take a picture of the tag to see if I can't find it cheaper somewhere else. Um, you know, I want to keep all that stuff in my phone and then lose it, so I put it in my Dropbox. And so those are my probably my two favorite apps.
with guns. sound effects. Hmm? You want real guns on there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? The lights are real. Might as well have the guns real. Why not? <laughs> you got budget. I have an unlimited budget, and I can sell it to the feds later. <laughs> it's just for the prototype. Yeah, from jail. But you know they let people out. If they like what you're doing, they'll let you out and give you a job. So right. I work with those people at work. So yeah, I know it does work that way. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pose this question to everybody, so I guess you can start off with um, with answering. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to your, let's see, let's see, let's let's put you back in 12th grade, your 12th okay. grade you, the 17, 18 year old you, mm -hmm. what would you tell you to help you become a better? Like, what, what would you tell you to pull that creative, creativity out to you to even a higher degree? Um, mommy and daddy love you, but they are from a different time. So the information that they're going to give you about career choices is based on their current experience with what it means to work and earn a living in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would tell myself to don't get too educated to where you forgot to be creative. Don't get too educated. Yeah. That's a tough one, but I would think I would encourage myself to do whatever you have, whatever that you want to do, you can do it. Make sure to stay focused and and, and follow through. Those are, I think those know that you can do things that are not in front of you. Stay focused and with that focus, you gotta follow through with whatever it is. Okay. How much more time we got? Anybody know? I believe it's technically it's, five minutes. Uh, oh okay, so we've got five more minutes. Does anybody have a question for anybody on the panel? Yeah. No? Um, Come on, I know somebody got something. Nothing. Right. Yes Jedi Knight or a Sith <laughs> I am a great Jedi because not all Jedi believe that you can have balance in the Force with only the good side. So you're with the Force. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. I am Mace Windu and what? No, seriously. Well, I mean, Mace Windu is one of the characters that they, that they talk about. You know, there's always the ongoing fanboy argument of if there is really a such thing as a great Jedi. And so Qui-Gon Jinn, Mace Windu, um, even Yoda to an extent, are some of the characters that they say, but there are times when they embrace, you know, uh, the opposite sides of the Force. And that includes things like, you know, just passion, anger, revenge. And so I would say that probably any normal human being, because of our regular failings, no one is capable of being strictly a Jedi. At best, you would be great. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, I'd like to thank all of y'all for sitting, sitting in, uh, sitting in and watching us do this panel. Make sure you get everybody's contact information. They got the cash. Buy some of their wares. Uh, get the business cards and stuff like that. And um, Jarvis, I really do appreciate you uh, doing everything, like from you know organizing the, um, the the community to keeping it running to like pulling us all together and stuff like that. And, and um, I like to thank you for being a real positive person because as long as I've known you, you you've always at some point told me like if you
Because I thought, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'd like to get into that. Or, you know, I'm thinking about doing this and this and this. And you've always been even killed. And you've always been like, just do it. If, it, if that's what you want to try. Instead of, instead of want, and basically what you, you're telling me is, instead of, just, instead of wanting to do something, just go ahead and, and start the process. Take those baby steps and do it. So I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody out here who um, listen. Thank you. Other panelists. Uh, it's great. Actually, it's great to meet y'all, too. You know, I, you I have. You did a great time. You did a great time. This is my first time meeting um, Tanya and Chassie, but um, I really, really appreciate getting a chance to talk to y'all. It was awesome. It's all my awesome panel. I do it. And I want to um, thank everybody for participating because take, I mean, you could have been doing anything today and you took your time to come and be part of this. And then also, I get encouraged by seeing you all doing things. And so, y'all don't know it right now, but I'm blushing. So, <laughs> all these kind words that they've said. But um, they're heartfelt. I think you are. I really do. Because like, it's a community. If, if it wasn't for individuals like you all, it wouldn't be a once again thank you for tuning in to Genesis Science Fiction Radio you have just heard audio from the Urban Access IndyCon 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia thank you, good night Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.